love the rock. And so we decided to go ahead and, and wear the t-shirts. I, I got a kick out of this little one. Uh, I just thought I'd brought it up, bring it up here. This is just to remind you that it's family friendly. There, your kids can serve alongside of you, and that would be a great picture. Uh, if you're not familiar with Love the Rock, Love the Rock is um, a combination of the Big C Church of Round Rock that we set aside a morning, and, and it's uh, 8 to noon next Saturday. We're going to be just loving, doing service projects all over town, especially in the Chisholm Valley area. And uh, some some people wonder why I, I make such a big deal of it. I mean, we're going to have a lot of you serving, but why, do, why do, is it a big deal to me? Uh, I've heard it said before, uh, questioning, that if your church were to close its doors, how long before the community would take notice that you'd close? And uh, I, I think some congregations may pass away and the community not know it. I never want that said about Central. I never want to be said. I mean, if something were to happen where we had to close our doors, I wouldn't want the community to know it automatically. And I think they would. And so loving on the community is just one way of doing that. And so uh, if you're not signed up, uh, I believe the signups are officially ending tomorrow. So you want to go on, pick up your T-shirt when you leave today if you've not gotten yours yet. And uh, the, the deal about Love the Rock, yes, it's loving on uh, the city it's helping homes in different areas, and we're going to be doing, we'll be praying with folks, we'll be doing a lot of, a lot of things, we'll be gathering. Don't forget, this is just a, a, a handling logistics. We're all gathering initially at St. William's Catholic Church in their parking lot, and then we're dispersing from there. So 8 o'clock, you'll want to be there, and then we'll disperse, and then we'll come back there for lunch. But, uh, you know, we think about, what it means to the people that we're serving. But so often what happens is the one who serves uh, gets the blessing and we see things happen. I, I've asked Alan to come and just share a brief uh, word in that area. So Love the Rock is kind of a, a big deal for, for our family. I asked Molly to come up here with me. This is my daughter, Molly. Um, she's 14, so... Yes, and she's not allowed to date for another 20 years, just so you know. But um, seven years ago at Love the Rock, our family went and served out at Old Settlers Park. And uh, we were with some other families from other churches, and, and we had a great time. It was, it, you know, it seemed a little insignificant. We're just doing this little thing at the park, whatever, but we're part of a bigger picture in that. And that year, at the end of the day, um, instead of going for lunch, we all went over to Fellowship Church and had a worship service that night, kind of a joint thing with the churches in town. And Molly was seven years old at the time, sitting between me and Amy, and, and she kept tugging on our shirt, tugging on our shirt. I'm like, don't, you're interrupting me. We're trying to have church. Like, don't interrupt me. And, um, and she finally got our attention enough, and she said, I just want to give my life to Jesus, Dad. And, and it was being a part of Love the Rock that was bigger than ourselves. We're serving something bigger than ourselves that led to some conversations for her to give her life to Christ that night. Remember that night? And, um, and so this is just a living picture seven years later uh, of what can happen when you just go and serve and be something, be a part of something bigger than yourself to make a difference. And it made an eternal difference in our family. So we are big fans of Love the Rock. And so I encourage you to participate as well. Yeah. 
Thank you. Thank you. And isn't that good? There will probably be uh, about a thousand people serving that day. And so, man, just come and be a part of it. Uh, we, our, our, my goal is definitely to get these blue shirts all over uh, the community and for them to be visible. I got a chance to go to the city council meeting Thursday. Keith Ferguson and I went over there and we gave the city council t-shirts and they were very excited to have them. And so that's that's a big deal. And so I hope you're participating. You can it, it, lovetherock.com if you're wondering how to sign up and that's that's where you do that. But we're in the we're talking about we're calling it next door loving those closest to you and we talked about how that we're called to love God with everything that's in us and then we're called to love our neighbors as ourselves. When we moved here in 1985 to Round Rock, I was the youth pastor here in town, and uh, there was a couple, Ken and Elsa England. That name may sound familiar because Elsa England Elementary School was named after Elsa England. And uh, Ken and Elsa uh, just took a, a liking to our family, and they started praying for us specifically. And they would pray every day. And, you know, eventually what happened is is we moved from that church to go replant a mission church, and time would, would move on. And uh, we would run into Ken and Elsa every now and then in HEB or something like that. And they would always ask this. They would first of all say, how are you doing? And then they would say, how is Pam doing? How is Josh doing? How is Amanda doing? And how is Ashley doing? They would ask specifically by name each of my kids. And that there would be no reason. They, it wasn't like they hung around my kids or our family or anything. But they committed to pray for my family by name every day. So that when I would bump into them, even though they hadn't seen them since they were tiny into growing up, they would say by name, how are each of them doing? And it's because I knew that they prayed for our family by name every day. So I, I learned that by name is such a powerful thing. Well, Elsa eventually passed away, and I got this uh, concern for my family. I'm thinking, this prayer warrior has moved on, and who is going to take her place to pray for my family by name every day? And then Ken passed away, and, and uh, I... I know, I know you pray for us, but there was just something I learned in Ken and Elsa about specifically praying by name. And I, and I think about that, and I think, what if, what if every household in Round Rock was prayed for not just by an address, but by name? What if they were specifically prayed for by name? One of my daily disciplines is I pray for you. I, 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 I go through our directory. I pray. I, I jot you notes as the Lord gives me things. And uh, that's just part of it. But I think what if the city of Round Rock, each home was prayed for by name? Can, can you imagine the change in the spiritual atmosphere of our community? God may just pour himself out we would see revival spring up just because it was initiated 
through the prayers of Christians as they prayed for their neighbors. Now, we're going to talk about this today. And, 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 what, um, and if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in 1 Timothy chapter 2. So you can find it on your devices or in your Bible. 1 Timothy chapter 2. And there's an acrostic, uh, an acronym that we use around here. And, and if it's new to you, it's going to become ingrained in you by, by the time next week is over. But we call it the BLESS acronym. It's, it, it wasn't originated by us. We just try to use it. Pam and I believe uh, it helps us to love our neighbors correctly. Let me go over the BLESS acronym with you because we're not going to deal with all of it today. Eventually, we will. But the B is begin with prayer. And we're going we're gonna to spend this whole message just talking about how can we pray for our neighbors. The L is listen. Take the initiative to listen to your neighbors and to those around you. What is going on in their life? The E is eat. Now, it's more than just taking in food. It's doing something outside of the ordinary with these people, whether it's having them at your home to eat or going to do something else. The first S is, um, is for uh, serve. You want to serve these people somehow. And then the S is share your story. And you will have the opportunity at some time as you earn the right to share your story because you, it's your story. And I'm talking about your spiritual story. It is your story. Nobody can take that away from you. And it's something that you can share in the midst of that as you love on your neighbors. So that blessed acronym. But today we're going to begin with prayer. And we're going to talk about that. So First Timothy chapter 2, I'm going to begin in verse 1. But uh, let, me, let me say this, a little background of the, on the letter that Paul wrote to Timothy, okay? He was writing this letter because there were false teachers who were making their way into the church and leading the people astray and getting them off path. And so Paul, had, who had discipled Timothy, sets him up as a pastor at the church in Ephesus, and he writes to instruct him on what to do. He, he writes to him to remind Timothy of his calling and to encourage him as a pastor as he deals with it. And he deals with some, some uh, specific issues that the church was going through. And then it, we come to 1 Timothy chapter 2. I'm going to read through verse 7, and, and here we go. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. Mark that somehow, all people. For kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people, there it is again, all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. For this I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I am telling the truth, I am not lying. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith 
and truth for all. He says all people. He repeats it three times in this small section of the letter because he wants to make it extremely important. So point number one, boldface, is this. The gospel is for all people. All people. It's not for a select few. It's not just for the good. It's not just for the religious. It's not just for the wealthy. It's not just for the churchgoer. It's not just for those who seem to have it all together. And one of the false teachings that we have in our culture today is if I get my life in order, then maybe God will accept me. Now, I'm telling you this. God will accept you just the way you are, and He'll get your life in order. That's the way it happens. So the gospel is for all people. It's for the broken. It's for the hopeless. It's for the addicted. It's for the lost and searching. It is for the hurting. It is for the hungry. It is for all people. You need to grab that. Seven billion people on this planet. The gospel is for all people. And so what does Paul urge Timothy to do? He urges him with four words. It basically is this. He urges him to pray. Because these four terms all have to do with prayer. He says supplications. What are supplications? These are urgent prayers for personal needs. So you're going to pray for your neighbors. You need to know their needs. I gave you last week a, a little tic-tac-toe thing to, so that you can start filling it in as you learn your neighbors and you pray for them. But you start to learn their needs. There's urgent needs that they have, and you want to pray for those. Secondly, he says prayers. This probably refers to public prayers, but the praying with others for your neighbors. And then he says intercession. This is intimate conversations with the Father about the intimate needs of all people. And then he says thanksgiving. We need to recognize that God is at work here, and he hears and he answers, and we are thankful. And so he says, I urge you, pray this way for all people, all people. And then he gets more specific. He says, let's pray for the kings and those in authority. Now, we have a tendency to talk against our our leaders and those in authority instead of praying for them or we pray them out of office or we this is what we we this is the attitude we take but that's not the attitude paul says and i know sometimes we say but mark we look at our leadership and what they stand for and it's just not in the same worldview that i am imagine paul and timothy they're under a caesar in rome who is a pagan who is coming against even what they stand for and so we think we got it bad. We don't have it anything close to what they had in the first century. And he says, pray for those who are in authority. Pray for them. Lift them up. And he says this, pray so that we may have peace and a quiet life. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means this, that if those in authority are walking under peace and quiet, it makes, it makes that good for all of those who are servants in that country whatever it may be so he's praying let there be peace let there be quiet for them and then he says this he says that we may be godly and dignified now it it basically means this 
It means that they may have sound thinking and that they may be an example to follow. Man, what a great prayer for anybody that's in leadership. It's for them to have sound thinking and them to be a model for others to follow. Can't you get on board with praying for leadership that way? We're so busy slandering and gossiping and and saying things against our leadership instead of praying for them. Granted, we may not see eye to eye on much, but I'm commanded and urged deeply to pray for them. And that's that's what Paul urges Timothy to do. Now, second major point that I want you to write down is this. Prayers for all people is pleasing to God our Savior. Prayers for all people is pleasing to God our Savior. Notice what he says there in verse 3. This is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires that, that all come to salvation. It's pleasing to the Father. Listen, I want to live a life that's pleasing to my Heavenly Father. I I don't want to live a life that's uh, opposed to what His plan is. I want to live a life that's pleasing Him. And part of that is through prayer. And so often, we we talk about the purpose of prayer. And for uh, many of us, the purpose of prayer is a genie in a bottle. We just want to rub that bottle and let the genie come out. And our genie is Jesus, and we want to say it in His name and think we're going to get it. That's, that's not the case. That's not the case. In fact, Jesus, uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, says that the Father knows what we need even before we ask. And so it's not a matter of coming with all these needs. Yes, we're, we're, we can ask according to His will, but this is the way I look at it, is that Prayer is not to get man's will done in heaven, but to get God's will done on earth. It's not, it's not so that God will co- uh, just collect things for us in heaven. It's so that God, may you touch earth. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what prayer, that's why we pray for our neighbors. And then it goes on to say this about the, the Father. It's God's will... For all people to be saved. Saved from what? Well, to be forgiven. To be uh, in a right relationship with the Father. Free from the penalty and power of sin. This is what? This is God's desire. And then he says his desire also is that they may come to a knowledge of the truth. Now, we send our kids to school Many of you go to college, you go to conferences, and you go to these, and you're going to grow in knowledge. But most of that knowledge is right here. That's not the, the original verbiage that Paul is using here. It's experiential. It's an experiential knowledge. So it's one thing to say, oh, I know about Jesus. I know he was born. I know that he lived a life. I know that he was crucified on a cross. I know that he was buried. From what historians say, he rose from the dead. We can have all of this head knowledge. But what about knowing Jesus? What about truly knowing him, knowing his character, knowing who he is, knowing that he uh, 
through His Holy Spirit draws us unto Him. And we can know Him. The struggle with many of us is when we talk about the Holy Spirit, talk about the the Spirit of Christ living inside of us, we balk at that because we don't know enough about Jesus and know Him to recognize His Spirit working within us. And so this is what Paul is saying. He's saying it's the Father's desire for this all people to come to Him. Seven billion people to come to Him, including your next-door neighbors, your classmates, those that live next to you. His desire is for them to come to Christ. And then he goes on to say this, that Jesus is the only mediator. He's the only bridge between this earthly life and the Heavenly Father. He's the only bridge. And he says that about Jesus, that he gave his life as a ransom. We were held prisoner, and he gave his life as a ransom. You remember when Jesus was on the cross, his last words on the cross were, it is finished, okay? It is finished. Well, what that term actually means is paid in full. It's paid in full. What's paid in full? The curse of our sin the penalty of our sin, that we have turned our backs on God, that debt has been paid, and it's been paid in full through what Jesus did. And that's what it says about Him, that He has paid the ransom for everybody. But you know as well as I do that there are certain people that have rejected that. And God has given us a choice. He has has given us that choice whether we're going to choose Him or not. But it's His desire... For all to come to salvation. And Jesus is the bridge for that. So, here's the logical part of me. So, Paul says he urges us to pray. To pray in an intimate way. To to have this intercession with the Father. So that we're praying for our neighbors. We're praying for all people in our sphere of influence. We're praying, God, we're praying because... You desire that none perish but all come to salvation. That God, that's your desire. And somehow prayer is a part of that. So here's my thought, and I'm going to put this on the screen. So if God wills and desires all people to be saved and fully experience Him, and prayer is the process by which salvation initiates, Don't we think praying for our neighbors should be vital? Let me read it one more time. So if God wills and desires for all people to be saved and fully experience Him, and prayer is the process by which salvation initiates, don't we think praying for our neighbors should be vital? It should be vital. And that's the key to begin with prayer for our neighbors. Now, let's get practical. I always love the Word of God because it gives us the authority and the truth about what we need to do. But sometimes it doesn't tell us how-tos normally. So, let me, let me uh, give you some, some practical suggestions as you learn to pray for your neighbors. Number one, learn their names. 
Now, this is not always easy, especially for somebody that you've lived around for 10 years and you've never known their name. And so it's going to be humbling to go and, and just to say, tell me your name, uh, you know, to, to pray for them. But learn their names. Learn, learn who they are. And, uh, and, and I gave you the tic-tac-toe thing. I'm going to give you something in just a moment. So that you can start learning who they are. And, and, and they may not even ask your name in return. That's not the big deal. But you want to be friends. And so you write their name down and you start learning their needs, their kids' names. You start just learning because we're praying. That's all we're doing is we're praying for our neighbors. And so learn their names best you can. Second, I think this is a great suggestion. Prayer walk your neighborhood. Just prayer walk your neighborhood. As you learn your neighbors, you can prayer walk. Pam and I, um, what we do is every Tuesday night, I've shared this before, every Tuesday night we pray for our neighbors by name. It's about, you know, when you throw in kids uh, uh, in our stretch of the neighborhood, they're, they're, uh, I don't know, it's 50 people or so by the time it's all said and done. And uh, we pray specifically by name, the needs we may know. And then when we're walking in our neighborhood, we, we can prayer walk. And, and uh, I shared with you last week that it, uh, my dog is really good about uh, uh, getting me out when I want to come home and maybe stay. But uh, case in point, I, th- I think it was last Tuesday uh, that 6 o'clock, Dog and I go out outside to to walk, and uh, I, listen. Pam's in London right now, and so I I, I got to talk to somebody. I talked to my dog, and so I I'm talking to the dog about something, and all of a sudden I hear this, Mark, and I I know it's not my dog talking to me, uh, Mark, and I look up. Next door neighbor is out on the porch, and uh, it's dark, and uh, and uh, she's she just uh, said I I love them. They're she's raising her grandkids. It's a tough situation. We walked through a lot of stuff together, and she said, Mark, there's days I just feel like I'm existing. Now six o'clock in the morning, and she's sharing that with me. Now, what I said was, listen, Vinny, I got to go walk my dog right now. I can't talk. No, that's that's not what I did. But the divine appointment was there. I was able to share, affirm how Pam and I love their family and that we pray for them on a regular basis and shared with her just the love of Jesus that he has. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I could have been home in bed. I could have done that. But God had a divine appointment. And as we get out among just walking, we, we see those divine appointments. The last one that I want to share with you is, um, it, I'm going to put something on the screen a minute and ask you to get your phones to participate with me on this. But uh, it's called Bless Every Home. I've been doing it for about six months now when I found out about it. And uh, I've introduced it to our elders and our staff. And uh, it's a great 
little tool. And the way it works is this. I sign up at Bless Every Home. There's an app that goes with it. But every morning at 8 o'clock, because that's when I choose to get mine, at 8 o'clock in the morning, I get a text that gives me five of my neighbors and a scripture prayer to pray over them. And you're thinking, wow, how do you get that information? I know, I know we think we're pretty naive thinking that people don't have our information. Uh, Amazon knows who you are. Domino's Pizza knows who you are. Papa John's knows who you are. Uber Eats knows who you are. They know who you are. They know you by name. And uh, because we have the capabilities it's, it, to, to know that. So why not take that and, and put it in a positive, godly way so that we can pray for neighbors? And so what it does, it, when you sign up for Bless Every Home, it gives you 40, uh, 40 people, 40 households that live around you. And it gives you five a day to pray for. And it gives you a prayer even to pray over them. And it, it gives you their names. And uh, so if you don't know their name, it's one way to, to learn their name. But you, you begin to pray. And so there's prayer, care, share, and disciples. So uh, uh, I pray for them every day. There's certain ones that we've uh, been able to care for. Some we've been able to share with. And, and some we've been able to baptize and see come to Christ. But, but this is part of it is to pray. And here's the, here's the incredible thing about it. Once you sign up to pray, you are called a lighthouse. So it uses Google Earth, and it gives you a picture of your streets and everything. And you're a lighthouse there. Now, currently, there's us and three other congregations that are stepping into this. David Lloyd has been instrumental in, in thank you, David, in, in uh, us pulling together to be able to do this in the community. So what happens is, is that as you sign up and you look at your map, you may see that there's a, another home, a street away, that's also a lighthouse. So what you're starting to see is like-minded people who are followers of Jesus as well that are taking seriously about praying for their neighbors. And what happens is, is that we start to see this spread more and more so that the whole city of Round Rock, we pray, eventually will be prayed for each household at a time. And to see just the Spirit of God uh, touch their heart, put people in their path that can share the gospel with them and, and continue to love them to Jesus. And so we, we can do this. And, and uh, so let me put the QR code up there. So you get your phone and... Uh, Put it at the camera. It, flip phone, flip phone guys uh, are going to have to go to blesseveryhome.com. See, it comes up, the QR code. You, you go in there. It says sign up. So you hit sign up. It takes you to the created account. And so you put it in there. You come up with a password. You enter your location. And uh, you just agree. And it, it has Central Baptist Church on there. So what happens is, is as you sign up, it uh, puts you automatically in the Central, which is part of the Love the Rock as a whole. 
And so when you look at, at, when you go on there, there's an app that goes with it too. So that when you go on there and you look the map, you're going to be able to see the different lighthouses as you pray. Now, it's not just Round Rock. It's Hutto. It's, it's Georgetown. It's all over the place. And uh, so you can just find your neighborhood and, and do that. And I, I know somebody's going to say, ah, I just don't know about that. I, how can I convince you? I mean, and we know it's God's will that none perish but all come to him. We're called to urgently call to pray. This is a great way for you to be able to do this. And so for me, like I say, I get a text every, every uh, morning at 8 o'clock, and I get five neighbors that I, I pray for right then, and uh, along with what we do on Tuesday night. Now, Brian Allred, uh, uh, Brian is a friend. He's now moved to the Austin area. He does a, a ministry called Bless America. His desire, and he would love to see not only every home in America prayed for, uh, in talking with Brian, and this is, he he got he has the connections, uh, but to seven billion people on this planet, he really believes that we have the capabilities through Google and these kind of things that every household in the world could be prayed for, and what a what an incredible vision uh, for that. And so I I just think let's bite off our piece of the pie, right? Let's pray for people right here. And if, if you have any questions about that or it, it doesn't come up for you, um, maybe I can help you. I know David, David, stick up your hand right there. That, uh, so that's deflecting off of me uh, to, to David. But uh, he, can, he can help you walk through this as well. Let me, let me, let me just say this in closing. I, I believe this is vital. We live in a day where we need more and more light. We need a revival to happen. And this is just one area where it can begin to happen as we pray God's favor and His presence upon our neighbors. I end with a story. There was a dad who took a day off because the fair had come to town. And he was going to take his kids to the fair. Now, it was one of those fairs where you also... People come and show animals and, and those kind of things. Some of you have done that. And so, uh, and so what, uh, what happens is the kids have, they could care less about the animals. What they wanted was the midway rides that are out there. And so what he does is he go, goes and buys a big roll of tickets to hand out to his kids so that they can go and enjoy the rides. And so his kids come, and their hands are out, and so he starts tearing off tickets, giving to each kid, and each kid, and each kid, and, and they could go and come back as they needed. Well, you notice, as his kids depart, there's a kid he didn't know with his hand out there. And uh, so he looks at this kid, and he's thinking, there's no way I'm going to give you a ticket. And all of a sudden, his son comes back. His son's name was Stephen, and he said, oh, Dad. This is my friend, and I told him that you would give him a ticket. And so the father tore off some tickets and gave them to this little fella, not because he was his son, because he was Stephen's friend. 
I think that you and I have a responsibility as we come into the sphere of influence to go before our Father on behalf of these others and ask the Father to show Himself to them, not because they are His Son yet, but we are His Son and they are our friend. And we can come and make that presentation to the Father. And maybe, just maybe, through God's drawing of His Holy Spirit, they will see their need for Jesus as well.